This is Indie Business Podcast, Season 3, Episode 9, Makers on Main Street. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I am your host, mentor, and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at IndieBusinessNetwork.com. My goal is to help makers and handmade entrepreneurs build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. On this episode, I will introduce you to Deb Jason of Fields of Ambrosia in North Conway, New Hampshire. Deb is a former theatrical set designer, and she's owned her business since 2001. She opened her retail store in 2007. She also wholesales her products, but as you'll hear in this episode, she is very picky about what stores she will allow to carry her goods. Deb's store is located in a town known for fabulous ski resorts, and many of her customers are tourists drawn from around the region. She also has intentionally designed her business so it can fit her lifestyle. Deb has turned down numerous offers from investors who want to help her open stores in other cities, bearing her brand name. She hasn't done this because she feels it would interrupt the quality of her life. I love this part of this interview. You know how strongly I feel about making sure that you build the right business for you. Build your business around your life. Do not try and retrofit your life around your business unless you have to. Don't do that from the start. Deb's insights along these lines will be very helpful to you. And I think you'll be inspired to be really intentional about creating the perfect business for you instead of kind of letting your business create your life. You can get a summary for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 33. I'll be right back with Deb Jason of Fields of Ambrosia in North Conway, New Hampshire. I am so excited to welcome Deb Jason of Fields of Ambrosia in New Hampshire to Indie Business Podcast. Hey, Deb. Good morning, Donna Maria. You know, we're talking about makers on Main Street in this in this season. And I just, you know, I had to interview you, Deb, because I think you are one of the first people in the Indie Business Network that I know of anyway, who owned a retail store. How long have you owned your store, Fields of Ambrosia? Um, I've had the retail locations um, for oh, going on eight years now. 2007 was the first. Awesome. So you, you're an expert at this. You know, you've seen uh, you know, good, good economic times, you've seen some not so good economic times. And, and you have, you have had this store all this time, you never closed it, you never even thought about closing it, did you? No, not at all. And, you know, and when I first started, um, the business itself was in 2001. And I was strictly online, and selling to um, other gift shops. And in my business plan, it was 2008, I was supposed to open my first store, but I did it a year early which kind of surprised me, but hey, you know, sometimes it's, it just feels right. Yes, yes. And so so what was it that caused you to think that you wanted a store? Is this something you always wanted or did you transition back in back after you started your business? Um, I think what changed it for me was I wasn't um, connecting with my customers mm. the way I really wanted to because so much of why I do what I do is about 
educating people the way I became educated about making not just handcrafted products, but healthy products. And it's so much easier when you're standing, you know, in a room with a person talking to, to them about the product that they're looking at rather than trying to say so much on a website. Right, right. So Deb, take us back a little bit to uh, your community there in New Hampshire. Tell us about the city that you're in and what it's like to have a retail store there. Well, we are in uh, northern New Hampshire in an area called the uh, Mount Washington Valley, which encompasses several towns. Um, the main seat is in North Conway, and we're kind of a ski destination in the wintertime, hiking destination. The Appalachian Trail passes close by here. Um, there are over four, uh, let's see, how many? 4,000 miles of hiking trails, um, including Mount Washington, which is the highest peak on the uh, eastern seaboard. Um, so we have a lot of families who come up, a lot of young individuals, um, a lot of second homeowners. Um, so it's a town that has grown up around tourism. So in and some so, ways, it's the perfect place to have a retail store. Most certainly, and especially with Bath and Body Products, because you cater to people year round. So mm. whether they're you know outdoors in the winter time, summertime, you know all through the year, um, there's always something that you can offer them. Now, Deb, you also have your store located in a, a cute community, like a. a I don't know, nestled area of shopping and, and, and a beautiful place. I, I saw it on a video, I think, um, that your local chamber of commerce did. Tell us a little bit about that location and what makes it so perfect for your business. Well, the um, the actual center of our town is called North Conway Village. Um, we have a, an old train station that, that does many runs um, up into um, farther north of here. Um, we have our Chamber of Commerce seated there, and it's basically a very quaint Main Street. A lot of old buildings dating back over 120 years. Um, the building that I'm in currently actually started out as the very first pharmacy in this town. And so I, I, I love the fact that I've kind of brought it full circle because I kind of consider myself, you know, not a pharmacist, but somebody who's still creating good products. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and you are compounding. You're, you're compounding Correct. stuff that's good for your skin. And you have Correct. a lot of products in your line. I'm at your website at fieldsofambrosia.com. I see Bath and Body, Rural Remedy, Sensitive Skin, Shower Salts, Baby and Mommy, Personal Care, Renaissance Man, Seasonal, Outdoors, and Facial Care. You are busy. I am, but because it's my only retail location, and I don't sell to very many wholesalers, okay. Um, so I keep it very close to home, very close to heart. Uh, maybe that's a little bit of a control issue, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't like to um, let it too far out of my personal hands. Um, I feel that, especially with handcrafted products, that you need to talk to people about them. They don't just necessarily sell themselves. When you're sitting on a shelf next to a major brand, people will generally go for the major brand because they don't really know about you. So that's why I really pick and choose very carefully who I wholesale to. So it has to be someone that can actually invest their time in learning about the product. Deb, that is that is an interesting approach. How how do you find those retailers that are you know that do you look for a particular type of store? Do you visit their web website? Do you look at their Facebook pages? I mean, that's a very specific thing that you're looking for. And it's not 
obvious from looking at them online that they fit that description. How do you narrow that down and find the right potential retail stores? Well, I'm not as proactive as a lot of people are. Um, usually, um, I will pick up an, an, a, you know, a wholesaler if they come into my store and approach me actively about and pursuing carrying my product. Um, because then I can sit down with them and figure out, okay, tell me about your business. How, you know, what do you feel carry, carry, and, and we build it from there. So it's really personal. I like that. So you, you essentially wait for people to come to you and you it's probably don't have do. to wait very much because since you have a store, retail store owners probably come in your store quite frequently. They do. And, and again, it, it all ties into the uh, tourism industry mm -hmm. because what I get is a lot of people coming up from Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, um, Pennsylvania, Maryland. I mean, as, as just not much further than that, um, who are here on vacation and they're shop owners or they're uh, spa owners or they own a hair salon, and they come in and go, "Oh, I've been trying to look at you know trying to carry something like this in my shop. Would you be interested?" And that's how the conversation starts. So the regional nature of your business helps you to continue to be as hands-on as you described earlier. Correct. And I, and, you know, and I do have uh, two employees who work for me out in the retail store so that I have the opportunity to always be on hand here making the product because I make everything right in my store. And so that's another great um, advantage because people can actually see, yeah, she's really back there making that. Yes, yes. And so from a business model perspective, Deb, do most of your sales come from the retail store followed by wholesale and then the website or is it another another? Um, that's, yeah, that's probably a good layer. Um, obviously, the retail store first. And the website um, is really repeat customers. Um, I don't get a lot of um, like cold sales on the website. I've always felt that uh, for me personally, no matter how great a description of a product is that I read about, unless I can feel it or smell it, I'm not going to cold order it online. But that's, you know, that's just my perspective. Right, right. So Deb, let's talk to all the people out there that are listening to you share from your experience. Let's talk to them for a minute about what they need to consider if they want to open a retail store, particularly in the climate that we're in now, which to me is kind of surprising. And that is a lot of people are opening retail stores. I, I'm not sure I would have expected that, but it's very exciting to see this happen. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, we're, we're finally coming out of um, the recession that we were in. Um, and it's been a slow climb out of that. But yeah, you're absolutely right about more stores are opening because I see that even here in our town because we lost quite a few. And and, and again, this demographic, um, our North Conway Village is 95% um, owner-operated stores. That's what makes us really unique. People love coming here. We only have three or four um, brand stores in the town itself. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that one of the most important things about opening a retail store is being prepared to not make a lot of money your first few years because you know your startup people want to see you there for a while before they invest in you mm -hmm. um, the location obviously you need to be in a, a place of high traffic whether it's um, right on a main street or just off of a main street you want to make sure that um, your neighbors are compatible to you i think 
Um, right now I have a restaurant on one side, which is fabulous because they allow me to put my products into their restrooms so people can try things out and I get them coming right over after they finish their meals, which is fabulous. That's great. <laughs> um, and then I also have um, another uh, bath and body shop two, two doors down from me. They don't do their own handmade products, so it's very complimentary to me mm -hmm. as opposed to being um, adversarial. Right. So, you know, not to be afraid of if there's another shop in town that does something similar, um, there's always room for you. And what are some of the things that you would advise people to avoid if they're opening a retail store? Are there any potential pitfalls that you can foresee? Um, I think that um, depending upon what they're doing, um, I mean, I sell my own products as well as complementary products in terms of, you know, natural brushes and washcloths, um, migraine wraps, things that complement the actual products that I make. Um, and I know that sometimes you can go overboard mm -hmm. with overstocking a store. Mm. Um, one of the things that I hear from people all the time when they walk in is, wow, it's so comfortable in here. It's not overcrowded. You're, you're, you don't have aisles that are two feet wide. We're not jostling each other. It's, and I play a lot of, you know, relaxing spa music. So compared to other stores, this is kind of like a refuge to them after they've been in the crazy general store that, you know, people are approaching them from every which direction. So I think, um, being aware of making people comfortable is very important. Deb, when we come in your store, can we actually watch you make the products through a window or something? I do have an access door and I do have a, um, a window that um, opens up onto my custom perfume area, which I call Aroma. And when I have that open, they can actually see me in the back making product. And can customers come in and formulate their own aromas? Um, I do have that potential for them. Uh, it's um, a 30-minute session. We sit down. I have about 400 different perfume oils and essential oils. And we sit and we create their, their own perfume, which I then can turn into lotions or soaps or body sprays or colognes for them. And I've already had, I started that particular aspect of the business in 2012. And I probably have about 100 people who whose formulas I have on file. They'll call, say, I'm coming to town in two weeks. Would you please make this for me? And there you go. I've got it ready for them. What a wonderful service. That is it so really is. amazing. That's really great. So I could come in and customize something with you and you would keep the recipe on file. And when I wanted something in that scent, I could just call you and get it. Exactly. Wonderful. And it was something that I'd always thought about doing because you can only make so many fragrances um, available at a time. And I always had people coming in, oh, don't you don't have any of this? Oh, geez, too bad. And so I said, well, you know what? I've got everything in the back that I can make it with. So why not start a service like that? So that we finally did. That sounds like so much fun. I bet it smells good in there. It does. And, you know, it depends on what I'm making that day. If it's lavender, I'm very calm. I'm very laid back. Yeah. If I'm making something <laughs> with uh, peppermint and eucalyptus, I'm very high. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, Deb, you work closely with your Chamber of Commerce. Tell us a little bit about that relationship and how it supports your business. 
Um, our chamber is again very very unique to our town. Um, again, driven by the tourism, and that's what my relationship with them is about. Um, we have an umbrella organization um, called the North Conway Village Association, which encompasses all of our shops here in the the, the heart. Um, and I'm on the um, the committee of that particular association, and so we really work together um, as our as our shops. Um, with the chamber to help promote us and that video that you spoke of earlier was something that was generated um, late last year and they do a new one every six months or so and so it's a great way to just get the word out about us because so much is geared towards um, lodging and food um, and we have thankfully enough interest in the valley because we also have an outlet mall to help the chamber drive shopping as well. Yeah, I, I really did enjoy that video. I thought I thought every chamber of commerce should do a video like that about the retail stores that they have. And I love how they focused on the niche and the uh, small scale and the local sort of family atmosphere in the shopping area there and the retail stores that complement that. Deb, how do you promote your business locally? What are the things that you do? Well, we uh, we have a small hometown newspaper. It's a free publication, um, and so they thrive off of their advertising sales, of course. So we use them um, because it's the only newspaper in town, and everyone picks it up. We also have a local television station, which is um, a part of a network called Outside TV, and so that is geared towards all of the um, sports and outdoor activities, and every hotel in town is tuned into that station when you check into your room. So I also advertise with them because inevitably someone's going to see my spot. <laughs> um, we also have a really wonderful local radio station. Um, I sponsor the uh, Lost and Found Hour on Saturdays and Sundays, which is our target you know, weekend uh, visitor audience. Um, and so that always drives people in. And um, then there's a new publication called Valley Women, which is a very woman-focused magazine. And I write for them a call every month called Beauty from the Garden, and uh, as well as advertising with them. So those are my key advertising points within the town. Everything sounds so organized. Is it as organized as it sounds? <laughs> um, well, I'm kind of an organizational freak. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, my desk is usually very clean and very stacked, as opposed to being full of papers and cluttered. Um, and uh, it, I think, as a small business owner, you need to be organized because there are so many other um, layers to your life. You know, your your your, your real social life, not just your um, uh, internet social life. You know, um, family at home, all of that has to yes. has to fit in together. Yes. as well as as well as leisure time. And I live in a place that um, is very outdoor. You know, geared. Mm -hmm. And I'm a hiker. I bicycle. I snowshoe. Um, I kayak. And I have to make sure I have time for that. Otherwise, it's not worth being here. <laughs> well, you know, and and what you seem to do very well is to eliminate distractions or minimize them anyway. I know we can't completely eliminate them, but you keep them to a minimum. You have a very specific way in which your business model works. And so you have been able to contain your growth 
to satisfy your lifestyle because obviously you could you could open another store maybe in another part of town or you could grow the online retail end of your business more if you wanted to have you intentionally uh, monitored that growth so you don't grow beyond what would allow you to have the kind of lifestyle that you just described um, you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, that's exactly the reason that I keep it small. I've, I've had offers from folks in Boston, in Portland, Maine, in Portsmouth to um, have who have expressed interest in opening a branch of my store. And I just I just really don't want to take on that burden. Mm -hmm. um, it will interfere with the rest of the quality of my life. I mean, I'm 61 years old. I don't know that I'll be doing this more than another six or seven years. Mm -hmm. um, and so I want to keep it that way. I and, and isn't it great that we can make those choices? I mean, I love, I love that if you changed your mind tomorrow, you could pick up the phone and call three people and get the negotiations going. I mean, you can do whatever you want. Well, exactly, exactly. And I mean, uh, prior to starting this business, I had been um, a theatrical set designer for 25 years. And I traveled all over the country. I traveled to Europe. Um, I never had a home base necessarily because I moved, you know, every six months to two years. And um, when I got here into the Mount Washington Valley in 1998, I said, okay, that's enough. I'm staying put. And I want to take time to actually enjoy life as opposed to, and, and not to say I didn't enjoy it working in the theater because that was incredibly fascinating and ever-changing. I just wanted to do it from one place. <laughs> Deb, what's a typical day like for you as the owner and manager of Fields of Ambrosia? All right. Well, let's see. I get up at about 6 a.m. I get on my treadmill or I get on my bicycle if it's nice outside. Um, a little breakfast, uh, usually into my store by 7.30 or 8 o'clock. Um, getting all of my emails out of the way. Um, starting to make some product. We open our store at 10. So I get a little bit of a head start on things there. Um, I'm in my store probably until 2 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. After that, I leave it in the hands of my employees. Um, usually head home, start dinner, a little relaxation, a little bit of uh, reading in the evening, and then I start all over again. <laughs> and, and so how do you handle your online retail sales? Is that the part that you do in the morning before the store opens? Yes, it is. And so you have uh, your uh, UPS or whatever guys come pick things up in the afternoon run so you can ship them out? Uh, actually, I personally use um, FedEx or whoever. Postal, I use the Postal Service. Okay. Um, most of my shipping is, is smaller smaller boxes, uh, so UPS doesn't really get involved too much. Okay. Unless it's, a, it's, unless it's one of my larger wholesale orders, and there aren't too many of those. But yeah, I get most of the, the office work out of the way in the morning. That's great. And so what is it like to hire and manage two employees? What are your what are your tips on that? Um, well, I've been really, really fortunate with that. Um, I've had six employees over the course of the last seven and a half years, or actually eight years now. And um, believe it or not, every one of them has been a retired school teacher. There's a tip uh, for us for us all, right? Hire <laughs> retired school teachers. Well, I, I mean, they are um, really, really great with all the customers because they have the patience of Job after having taught children for so many years. Um, they are also very laid back. Um, their schedules are very flexible. And so it just it works out very well. 
they can take little vacations when they need to someone else will cover and it just works out really nicely and you know you started your business when you were in your early 50s is that right correct and so I mean, what was that like? And, and I love that too, by the way, because, you know, again, it sort of goes to, you can create your life however you want it to be whenever you want it to be a certain way. Um, it was that did you have a lot of support in, in your community doing that? Did you feel at all? Like, was this the second or third chapter of your life? How, how did that all fit in there? And how, what would you say to encourage other women who are at a, a same a similar age group? to start something new? Because that can be kind of scary and and get people a little bit out of sorts. Uh, Yeah, very much so. Um, Well, I had been, as I said, in the theater for 25 years traveling. My partner, Francis Savard, um, he actually grew up here in Mount Washington Valley. And um, we decided to, quote, unquote, retire here in 98. His mom was fighting her last battle with cancer. Mm -hmm. And so we came up to be with her and then decided, well, you know, why don't we just stay here? you know and uh so i i did take a few years off and it just started planting gardens mm-hmm. i didn't know i was what direction i was going in i just wanted to relax for a while and that relaxation included making uh eight quilts wallpapering 12 rooms in a 250 year old farmhouse planting three gardens and then i got bored and i decided to start a business <laughs> You know, it's I, okay. So, wow, I'd hate I, you. You just kept yourself busy, and that was relaxing to you. So, I guess it was work, but it was a different kind of work. It was a different kind of work. It wasn't working for someone else. It was working for myself. Yes. Um, and as you you've probably known about my the history of my business, it started you know basically with my sister's diagnosis of cancer mm-hmm. in the fall of two thousand. Um, when I'd already started making products for family and friends, um, that got me more into the aromatherapy, the holistic healing, the benefits of plants, um, and her ordeal, and then her passing subsequently the following year mm-hmm. caused me to finally find a focus and say, well, this is a good thing. This is what I want to do now, and I want to help people, and I want to teach people. And that's how Fields of Ambrosia really started, from planting gardens and then losing my sister. Mm. Deb, talk to us a little bit about maintaining a laser sharp focus. And let me tell you where this question is coming from. You, you probably know this. You and I interact a lot in our in our private uh, forum for members. One of the things I notice about you is you just you cut straight to the point. There is not a single syllable that's wasted. Um, you are very helpful in many ways to so many people who are coming along behind you and following in your footsteps. And that is so incredible. But it's very clear, though, that you do not waste any time. I mean, you just it's, it, it is just so, I think, admirable that you are able to eliminate distractions when they're all around you. How do you do that? What can you say to other people who struggle with that? Because some people do. Um, well, one of the things that makes it easier for me, um, and uh, not a regret, um, I don't have children, um, I'm not raising a family, mm-hmm. um, so that one is one major distraction for a lot of people who try to start a business out of their home. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, so I don't know how to say, you know, how to, to keep that, that because it's not necessarily a distraction. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and it's interesting that you say that because, you know, we, we can look at it either way, either the business is a distraction or the children are a distraction, but both of them require so much of us because they're our children. They both are our children. And so exactly, exactly. And maybe that's why, you know, I, I focus so much on my business, but at the same time, you have to be able to divorce yourself from that business because mm-hmm. um, the quality of life is not just about work, work, work. Mm-hmm. Even if you enjoy your work, as, yeah. as I do, and I know so many other of our indies do. Yes. Um, but you you need to make sure that it doesn't become all of your life and encompass you because then you start to regret right. losing time. Yes. And, you know, that was another thing that my that I learned upon losing my sister was I had lost so much of my time with her because I traveled so much. Mm. And that was another reason why I said, you know, now I have to really focus on making sure I make time for my two remaining sisters and my nieces and my nephews and my other half. Yes. Um, And and isn't part, isn't part of it too, Deb, being able to embrace the power that you have to define it how you want it to be. Because I think I think so many of us, particularly as women, we look at what other women have done, and we figure, okay, we have to pick one of those paths because it worked for them. And we sort of forget that, you know, we can say, okay, I can see what other people have done, may or may not work for me. But either way, I can switch it around however works for me at this point in my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. We all can't, we all are the masters of our own destiny. Mm -hmm. Um, Any choices that we make um, are going to take us on a path. Yeah. Yeah. And if we find that that's the wrong decision, it's not, not something to, to beat yourself up about. You just change direction. Okay. That didn't work, you know, and, and not to get lost in a failure, but to look at it like, okay, I learned something there. Yes. And, and I love how, um, uh, Condoleezza Rice, I've, I've listened to her speak. And one of the things she says as a woman is that she's, you know, very keenly aware of the sequencing in her life, and how there's a there's a sequence to things and you make decisions about where you put your focus for this particular sequence. And then when that's over, you move on to another sequence. And I thought that was a really interesting way to look at it. Uh, definitely. And a part of that, too, is making sure that you finish each sequence and don't leave loose ends. Mm, mm-hmm. Because that, again, is something that you start getting lost in. Yes, because when it's not completed, it, it's always a part of your life that's left open. Mm, exactly, exactly. Mm. And I can and so see where that would be a distraction in and of itself. It, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> like all the all the knitting projects in in my cedar chest that aren't finished, <laughs> you know. And it's funny. It's funny because I think about them all the time, and I do think, you know, I wonder if I finished those or gave them away so someone else could make them. If I would feel like I had closed something out. Well, I mean that 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 very thing happened, as I said, when I made eight quilts, and um, and I was in the process of making a few more, mm-hmm. and I still have those bits and pieces lying around, um, so they're still there for when I retire again. Right, 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 <laughs> but right. But they're not in my head right now. Right, I, I have no doubt that there's another sequence coming from from you, and <laughs> really look forward to seeing that. Deb, tell us where we can go if we're in your area and we want to visit your store. Where do we go? Okay, well, I'm right on 
Main Street um, in North Conway Village. It is uh, called White Mountain Highway. Um, we are smack dab in the middle of town. Um, or you can visit us on our, online at our website, fieldsofambrosia.com. Excellent. And so you can go in there and get your custom fragrance done, visit the store, the very wonderful restaurant right next door, and, and catch some skiing and some hiking while you're at it, right? Most certainly. Lots and lots of things to keep you busy. Sounds wonderful. Deb, Jason, thank you so much for joining us from Fields of Ambrosia in New Hampshire. Well, it was a pleasure speaking with you. And, we and will, hopefully we will do this again. Yes, and we'll be looking forward to it. And I'll be, uh, you know, looking looking forward to seeing more of this growth and on your own terms, the growth as you describe it. I love it. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us. And thank you. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Deb Jason of Fields of Ambrosia in North Conway, New Hampshire. And if you did, won't you show me some love on Twitter? Just go to IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash love, and you can let your friends know that you enjoy the Indie Business Podcast. And you know, if I can improve it in any way, if you want to see certain topics covered, if you'd like to hear from specific people, let me know. There's a contact link at our website at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash contact. I read every single email that comes through there. I can't wait to talk to you. I will see you on the next episode of the Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love.